Earlier this month, I flew to Geneva to attend a United Nations hearing on Hong Kong, conducted by the Committee on Economic, Social, and Cultural Rights. Apart from myself, more than a dozen NGO representatives also went to the UN to lobby the committee on problems in Hong Kong. Speaking at the opening of the hearing, the committee's country rapporteur, Mr. Nicholas Schreiber from the Netherlands, said that rapid economic developments in China did not mean the people could enjoy economic, social, and cultural rights. He said the International Covenant on Economic, Social, and Cultural Rights, ISCRA in short, is interdependent and interrelated. To another important covenant, the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, that is the ICCPR, he said the people's inability to enjoy civil and political rights would adversely impact on their ability to enjoy economic, social, and cultural rights. The Hong Kong NGOs could not have agreed with Mr. Shriver more. When we met committee members in a private session one day before the hearing, we made that very point to them. Speaking at the hearing on the eighth of May, Mr. Shriver said, although Hong Kong and Macau are parties to the ICCPR, mainland China has yet to ratify the covenant. He said many countries in Asia have already done so, and urged China to come on board. Replying to this point, the leader of the Chinese delegation, Mr. Wu Hailong, China's permanent representative to the UN in Geneva, said the Chinese government is making preparations to make laws consistent with the ICCPR. He said, when China is ready, it would ratify the covenant. In fact, Beijing signed the ICCPR in October 1998. Sixteen years later today, it is still not ready. How many more years does Beijing need? I told committee members I am also a member of the China Human Rights Lawyers Concerned Group. I urged the committee to press Beijing to ratify the ICCPR, so that the rights of the Chinese people can be better protected. I said the human rights lawyers are important in helping China to establish the rule of law. They are very courageous and have made huge sacrifices. Thus, they should receive the support of the committee. I also told committee members that although Hong Kong is one of the richest cities in the world, the government has consistently refused to allocate more resources to provide the people with adequate. And affordable housing. The government has also failed to provide adequate health and residential care for the aging population. It has also failed to provide equal opportunities for students from poor and ethnic minority families to enable them to receive quality education, which will lift them from poverty. One reason why Hong Kong has these problems is that it does not have democracy. The lack of universal suffrage makes it difficult for the people to enjoy economic, social, and cultural rights. 
the question of universal suffrage is the jurisdiction of the UN Human Rights Committee, which held hearing on Hong Kong's implementation of the ICCPR in March 2013. In its concluding observation, the Human Rights Committee urged the Hong Kong government to take all necessary measures to implement universal and equal suffrage in conformity with the ICCPR. As a matter of priority for all future elections, the committee said the Hong Kong government should outline clear and detailed plans on how universal and equal suffrage might be instituted, and to ensure all the Hong Kong people can enjoy the right to vote and the right to stand for election in compliance with Article Twenty Five of the ICCPR. Last month, the Hong Kong government submitted a follow-up report to the UN Human Rights Committee, saying it is the common aspiration of the Chinese and the Hong Kong governments to successfully implement universal suffrage for the chief executive election in 2017. The Hong Kong government said it has launched a five-month public consultation exercise. And will summarize and consolidate the views received. It will then make a report to the Standing Committee of the National People's Congress, which will formally kickstart the constitutional process of amending the electoral methods. However, the government failed to inform the Human Rights Committee. Beijing officials said candidates for election as chief executive must love China and love Hong Kong. And must not seek to confront the central government. Such remarks are widely seen as a signal for political screening, since Beijing is intent on barring people it cannot accept from standing for election. The follow-up report also failed to inform the UN that Beijing officials have said. Candidates for the chief executive election must be nominated by the nominating committee set out in the Basic Law, and that the nominating committee should be modelled on the election committee which chose C. Y. Leung as chief executive in March 2012. The election committee consists of 1,200 people. Most of whom are drawn from the business, professional, and political community. Hong Kong has a population of seven million, and about three and a half million people are registered voters. However, only a quarter of a million voters have the right to choose members of the election committee, and C. Y. Leung was elected by six hundred and eighty-nine votes. Last Thursday, the Secretary for Constitutional and Mainland Affairs, Mr. Raymond Tam, set three proposals for nominating candidates for the chief executive election, namely civil nomination, nomination by political parties, and the three-track format, all supported by the pro-democracy camp, were unlikely to be included in the government's second round of public consultation. To be held later this year. This is because the three proposals lack statutory grounds, would make it very difficult to achieve consensus, and pose many challenges in implementing. 
referring to the three proposals which will be put to the public in the Occupy Central e-referendum to be held on the 22nd of June, which all include civil nominations. The Chief Secretary for Administration, Mrs. Carrie Lam, questioned whether they constitute a legitimate choice. Mrs. Lam should understand why many Hong Kong people embrace civil nominations and political party nominations. This is because they harbor grave reservations about the nomination committee, which they suspect would be used as a mechanism for screening out candidates unacceptable to Beijing. In hastily discarding popularly supported proposals, without giving clear explanation and analysis, the government gives the impression it is only acting as a tool of Beijing. If all the popular proposals are ruled out, what is the government's proposal that can convince the Hong Kong people and the UN Human Rights Committee that the election of the chief executive by universal suffrage in 2017 would ensure the people's right to vote and the right to stand for election? This is a question which Mrs. Lam must answer.